Alright. This is Lenny D'Angelo. Uh, uh, what are we talking about today? We're still, still uh, hashing through this color wheel business. Uh, and to take... Uh, and and what is what is I think final on the list of the uh, working with the color wheel is to figure out a way to explain how to set up a painting palette. And in doing the research on that, I read a bunch of articles written by very sciencey types who uh, who enjoyed shooting the color wheel down. And this never occurred to me. I've heard this all these arguments before, but I always heard them as just alternate. Uh, uh, approaches to the same topic. I've never heard it as an actual, like, here's why the color wheel is wrong. I know, listicles are like that, you know. They like to be uh, uh, a, a very extreme, uh, controversial. Or they, they sound controversial. And then when you read them, you're like, there was no need for that. Do you find that that's true? I find that that's true. Oftentimes, people write an article as if they, they're exposing the truths. Oh, the truths. Exposing all of them. One by one. Just knocking them down. Like uh, like that game at the carnival where you got to throw the, the baseball at the little, the little clown uh, pins. Right? The pins. What is with those? Those are cute. I saw those. Uh, where was I? Uh, I, I it's probably Vermont or somewhere upstate. At, at an antique store, I saw a whole uh, case full of those little guys. I want to get one, but they're very expensive because they're actually antiques. Oh, divergent. So instead, well, anyway, what was I saying? Oh, these articles, they're basically trying to refute the color wheel, and I think they missed the, the larger point. It's like, you ever, you ever see somebody come to a table with an argument, and you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Your entire premise here is flawed. And you can shoot the whole thing down, but they don't, they don't, they're not interested in listening. All I wanted to say to you was that... Uh, uh, these guys, these people shooting the, the color wheel down, they don't understand it's about mixing paint. I, I hope I was clear about that. I'm not trying to explain the physics of color, hello. I'm talking about mixing paint. I'm talking about you got two jaws open and you gotta, you gotta mix paint. It's like you wanna make a peanut butter jelly sandwich. Somebody's like, here's why the peanut butter and jelly sandwich making tutorials are wrong. First, you gotta boil some water, and then you gotta add the grapes. No, I'm saying you. Ju- I'm just telling you, open two jaws and dip your thing in there, not your thing, your, your knife in there, and spread them on the pa- on the pound the the, the 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 bread, and you're done. That's it. That's what it's for. It's not a tutorial about how to break down the atoms that compose the color yellow. Whatever. I don't know. These people are funny that way. It's like, I, I was thinking about it, it's like, I read a whole book about this, I'm, I'm stealing half of this idea, but it's a, it's alchemy, right, the, the uh, painting and drawing and art is alchemy, but especially painting, painting feels very much like alchemy, and it's like, you can get an expected result without knowing anything about what's going on under the surface, you can get an expected result. For years, artists have not mixed their own pigments, or ground their own pigments, or mixed their own paint, for years. For, you know, two, three lifetimes at this point. 
Now, maybe there are some purists out there that still do that, and good for them. But, I, I mean, I, we're getting it out of a tube, and until the end of the world comes, I don't think I'm going to go back to pounding charcoal in the over a, in a mortar and pestle until it's absolutely required. I'm going to buy b- uh, burnt umber, right? Oh, okay. That's my point. Oh, oh, so so I don't know anything about... I know from, you know, learning, but I don't, I don't necessarily need to know anything about burnt umber to paint a brown painting. You know, you need to know the alchemy of it. You need to know that certain uh, combinations of things, uh, uh, there's a magic to it and it creates a, a certain result. And that some of those results are repeatable and some of them are not. It doesn't follow the scientific me- method. It's alchemy. Uh, that's an idea I'm stealing from the book I read. But... Uh, I feel like these arguments against things like, uh, I don't know, anytime a scientist shows up to crash the party, it's like, who invited the scientist to this alchemist's party? You're completely missing the point, sir. This magic. We're trying to make a homunculus. If you have not read the book The Alchemist by, I believe it is, uh, Somerset Maugham very fascinating book and, and weird super weird a little bit trashy I could tell that was like a that was a trashy one from the back of the day boy I have diverged I want to talk about the color wheel and the clock clockwise in relation to wait for it the octave music system the the, the west the system of music uh, notation in the West, your do, re, mis, and so forth. Uh, I know a handful of things about this, but I found an interesting connection in researching the color wheel and, and, and connecting it with the clock face. And maybe all of this is... And, and I, I found wheels when I was looking, and I noticed, and I should have made this connection earlier, but I noticed... That the, uh, the octave system also uses 12 uh, steps, points, uh, segments, increments, uh, and there are uh, wheel patterns to it as well. Now, what do I mean by that? If you're not familiar with the, the, the American or the uh, Western notation system for music, uh, it involves the letters A through G and uh, often a, a five-line bar uh, looking like uh, student, student papers from the student uh, ruled note paper uh, and then a positioning on those, those five bars. Uh, the reason it's called an octave, and this is paraphrasing from, from multiple sources, is that there used to be eight of them and they've expanded it. Uh, this is this stuff is thousand years old, so you know, give them a break. That doesn't matter at this point. We're working with twelve, but if you look at a piano keyboard, which is the the ultimate visual aid for doing this, I don't play piano, but every time I go to a music tutorial, it starts with a piano, and I'm like, you don't realize that anybody who don't play piano, they can't visualize it like this. Unfortunately, for those of us who don't play piano. The piano's perfect, because all, all the work is done. 
it's coded. It's like a... It's just perfect. They laid it out the way that it needs to be laid out. The keys have different shapes, like puzzle pieces. Some of them are white, some of them are black. Uh, you know, it's all it all works. As, uh, you know, you just sit down to it and it works. And it's tuned. You don't have to worry about listening to the... Uh, finding the right note. On a stringed instrument, which is like what I was learning to play, have been learning to play, uh, it's a different process. The stringed instruments work by uh, the string is tuned. Without touching the string, it's tuned to a particular note on that 12-step music system. Usually a, 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 what they call a natural note. I think always. I don't know. I don't play every stringed instrument. I'm only messing with two. Uh, on the uh, mandolin, which is the instrument I am currently trying to uh, become horrible at, uh, it's a fretted stringed instrument. And the frets are raised areas on the neck of the, the instrument where you put your fingers, uh, or in between which you put your fingers. And the frets allow you to put your finger in between and, and that the string would touch the raised part uh, cleanly so that when you apply pressure in the middle, uh, it cuts the string uh, in a certain number of, uh, or a certain division. And as you, as you cut, or uh, not cut, cut is a terrible word for this, as you divide a string into certain increments, the sound either goes up, or it goes up, basically, from what it's originally uh, tuned to, toward, to. Ah, how does this work? What a violin no such raised areas. It's completely up to your fingers to find not only to press hard enough and, and pr firmly enough in the right pressure and the not, not, not too much, not too little, but also to find the note using, are you ready for this? The muscle memory of the spacing of your fingers. Oh, geez. Now, piano, I'm not saying that playing piano is easy. Please. Don't think that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that. I know it's not easy. I know there ain't anything easy in the world. I, I Believe me, I understand that. But a piano uh, is at least tuned. And then you, if you can remember the shapes of the keys, I imagine you can hit the right note. On a violin, you got to get your fingers spaced out perfectly. And that was one of my struggles with that particular instrument. Has been. An ongoing struggle is always being off key. The note ain't right, because it's hard to find it. And I was told by a tutor that even the, the best of, of violin players are uh, still fine-tuning the note milliseconds before they actually play it. They'll hear it and adjust it during the playing so that no one is the wiser. Can you believe that? That's outrageous. What does this have to do with the color wheel and the clock face? Well, I'll tell you. The clock face has 12 increments, as we know, as does the color wheel, very conveniently, starting at 12 and yellow, as I've mapped out ignores you. Interestingly enough, the Western Music Notation System, and there's a better name for it, I'm sure, and I don't know what it is after all these years, starts with the letter A, and ends with the letter G, 
and repeats back to the letter A. Now, I know what you're thinking. Between A and G, how many letters is that? Let's count it out. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. That's only seven letters. If you add the A again, so that you're up a... You, you, you just add the A again. It's much like the clock. You know, we go from 12 to 12 again. See, the 12 is counted twice. That's eight. That's where the word octave comes from. However, there are, much like with the color wheel, the celebrity colors are, as I've said, right? Yellow, green, uh, blue, violet, red, orange, and back to yellow. How many is that? Yellow, green, blue, violet, red, orange, yellow. That's seven. No. What the fudge? That don't work out at all. Interesting. I must have skipped one. Did I skip one? That doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Because there are eight notes in the uh, the Western music notation system, but there are spaces in between. Now, if you were to add one space in between all eight, wouldn't you end up with 16? I'm not any math wizard. I think it's actually probably 14. Because you don't count the last one. Is that correct? You either end up with 14 or 16. If you add a space in between each note. On the fretted musical instruments, as on the piano, there are half steps. Whole steps and half steps, as they say. Uh, a whole step on a fretted music instrument is two frets. Two frets. And a half step is one fret. Much like counting on the clock face from 12 to 2 would be a whole step, counting on the clock face from 12 to 1 would be a half step. This is where we make the connection again. Now, if you go A through G, back to A, you get eight notes, right? If you add half steps, there are quite a few more. But the Western Music Notation System leaves two half steps out. So that you end up with a nice, even number of 12. Okay, so the math works out. It was 14, not 16. If you add a half step in between absolutely every, of all of the eight whole notes, you add one half step in between them, you'll end up with 14. But the Western Music Notation System has left two of those out. So we get 12. All I'm trying to get at with this very confusing divergence is that there are 12 steps in that system. And it makes a circular pattern because, as, as everybody sort of intuits, there are certain notes that are the same but in different uh, uh, register, higher pitch, lower pitch, etc. This is not news to anybody who's had basic music class in school, which a lot of us have. But it's interesting to me that it ends up being 12. And it's interesting to me that it ends up aligning with the clock face and the color wheel. Is there something there? And I went online and looked to see if there was a color theory of, of music. And there is. But it's not following the color wheel. It's just a color coding system that is also arranged in a wheel. But it doesn't go from... It doesn't transition the way that the color wheel does. From... Uh, from it doesn't go in the entire spectrum from, from yellow back to yellow. 
or the clock face from 12 back to 12. They use random colors to sort of assign them to different notes. That's useful, but it doesn't make a full circle connection the way I'm looking for here. And I think it's interesting to try and dissect, perhaps, how a memorization tool like using the clock face, understanding the color wheel, can be helpful to you understanding music. Because these are, these are two interests of mine on music, and I'm trying to figure... When I find connections between things like that, I'm fascinated as hell. I can't stop thinking about it. The weird thing about me. One of many. Uh, so, I'm going to think... I've been thinking on assigning... Uh... The color yellow, the position 12 on the clock face, with the musical letter A, the, the A note. A. I've also, because some color wheels do this, or some music wheels do this, there are already music wheels out there with 12 steps. I didn't invent that. There's also something very complicated called the circle of fifths, which also has 12 steps and follows a pattern like this. That's a whole other discussion because I ain't, I am not smart enough to figure that thing out yet. I'm still working on that one. However, it's, it is interesting that this can be broken up into a 12 increment wheel. Uh, and that uh, some of these wheels, these music wheels I've seen, start with the letter C because C is a very common... Uh, Note, it, it, on the piano, I think C is, the, is where you go. It's right in the middle there. It's, it's, I think it's the key that looks like an L. A stumpy L, of course, but an L nonetheless. Uh, but the instrument and a guitar has a, has a very prominent C string, I believe. But I don't play any of those instruments. I play these instruments that are tuned, unfortunately, G-D-A-E. Uh, ghosts don't always escape. Good way to remember that. I know it's weird. It should be goats, right? Goats don't always eat. Gas doesn't always escape as well. Where did a wise? Uh, so anyway, in my tutoring system, I've been starting with the letter A. Learning from the letter A. Because on a violin, that's the easiest or the second easiest string to play. And it's right in the uh, sort of middle. And you can uh, go up and down on the A string and play quite a few, quite a range. Um, it also is convenient that that's the first letter of the alphabet and, and in the first uh, letter of the, uh, of the notation system as well. A through G and back to A. But that notation system goes in a circle, so it doesn't matter what note you start with. It ends up back at the same note. So any of these uh, systems that start with C, like the solfege thing, the, the do-re-do-re-mi thing, that starts with C, I believe, and goes back to and repeats to C. And it brings us back to do as the song says. So I'm, I've been contemplating whether to start with C or with A in the 12 o'clock position and how that changes things. And I've been working um, visually with, with, with how that ends up laying out on a color wheel. Because if A is, is 12, it's also yellow. To associate A with yellow is, is uh, I don't know, it's an important decision. <laughs> All right. 
unlistenable this. Okay. That's all. That's what I've been thinking about lately, all right. This is Lady Angela. <clears throat>